welcome to a brand new episode of Pondivision, an MCU discussion podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Ashby, and I am once again joined by my marvellous co-host, Ash Jefferson. How's it going, Ash? Good, good. It's been a pretty good week. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, certainly can't complain. Uh, I went, went on a nice nature hike with my dogs, and they nearly tried to run me off the trail, but it was entertaining, so... <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a good time we got a hawkeye poster that looks like it's uh ripped straight from a david aha uh cover so i i was very i was all for that yeah the new poster came out did the trailer come out since we last did the last episode i think so yeah we got like that teaser trailer i think um which is pretty good with uh linda cartinelli is is she exists <laughs> Thank Christ. She's alive. She's alive. <laughs> Looks like they're together still. All's good. Yeah. All's good for Clint. <laughs> good for Clint. Good for us. You know? Yeah. I'm like, where is she? I'm scared. <laughs> no, there she is. She's alive. She's perfectly fine. Where's Laura Barton? Is she all right? <laughs> <laughs> is she safe? Is she okay? Is she safe? Is she okay? I'm afraid in your anger, you killed many people in Japan. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. We had the What If finale. It's been a little while since that came out, but we're going to dive into it today and see what we can discuss about that and see what the future could bring from this show as well. But it's not going to yeah. be just us discussing the show. Joining us today to discuss the finale of What If Season 1 is a very special returning guest. He's the lead editor of the Imperial Set podcast. It's Ben Warman. How you doing? Hi, I'm uh, glad to be back. Back in this multiversal loop of ours. Yeah. About these crazy adventures. <laughs> I mean, the fact that I the fact that I got invited back at all is encouraging, so. Absolutely. And we had so much fun talking about uh, the previous adventures, so why don't we just dump, uh, dump in? Jump in. Dump in, yeah. Let's oh. dump mm. in. Mm. Um, <laughs> Different context for that. Yeah. <laughs> We'll jump into this sort of multiverse mashup that we get in this episode. So the, obviously the finale is what we all predicted. A little bit of multiverse madness. The Watcher and Doctor Strange have gone around all the different universes and combined the heroes together to make the Guardians of the Multiverse. Which is funny because that was like one of the first things that I got released. I think like a poster yeah. got released like way back yeah. when. And it was just mm-hmm. like... Um, Cool to see it come together, sort of thing. Like it's the Avengers, basically, but also a bit of the Guardians, a bit of the, a bit of everything. So it was cool. Gamora's there for some reason with no context whatsoever <laughs> because that was the episode they had to cut. Um, yeah, yeah, that was super unfortunate because once once again Tony Stark gets it in the shorts in this series because his episode got pushed to season two. <laughs> I will say this. I know people were complaining about like the fact that the episode wasn't included, which obviously is no one's fault because of COVID and you know just how the world <laughs> happened to turn out. But I think what I I actually preferred that little snippet because all these characters we've grown to know a little bit through the adventures, and the fact that we get like this like random tease at what potentially that story was is interesting. Mm. So like I like the idea of like okay. <laughs> Something's happened it's here. It's just weird that, like, the one where Gamora presumably kills Thanos the most is, like, one of the most interesting. It just is weird to me that that's the one they cut. Yeah. I, I, I mean, 
there was a figure for like uh, Iron Man armor as well. I think it was like Tony Stark Sakarian armor. Yeah. So yeah. my assumption was maybe like, what if Tony Stark didn't come back through the wormhole in Avengers and like maybe landed in? Yeah. The that was my kind of. Yeah, but then they're with like E Tree at the forge. <laughs> And I'm like, what is happening here? I need to know. Which I guess is a good way to get me to watch What If Season 2 yeah. if I wasn't already. But Well, and, and Itri has his hands as well. So, Well, yeah, because presumably Gamora has Thanos' sword. So presumably she kills Thanos. Maybe. Right. So it's like, I, I think it's one of those things where I'm intrigued by what the episode could be. But the, I think the fact that it was the old, like the... So much of this finale was all of the interconnected pieces from the throughout the season coming together. It's feel this is like this weird outlier that's like, here's this other thing that happened, but we didn't show until now. Yeah. No, it definitely felt a little bit out of place, but it wasn't too bad in the grand scheme of things. But there was a lot of like, okay, she has a thing that can crush infinity stones. (laughs) (laughs) There was just a lot that was like going on. But it was fun. I, I don't know. I read comics. I'm kind of you know, at th- at this point, none of this stuff really phases me all that much. Mm-hmm. You know. But yeah, I thought like the the assembling of the team was quite cool. I liked seeing like Winter Soldier, Captain Carter. I thought her se- her stealth suit looked really awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I felt like getting together the whole team was pretty sweet as well. I always love yeah. that stuff. I'm also a very specific, like, uh, fuck it, I was going to try and think of another word for it, but I'm not going to. Um, I'm a very specific slot for <laughs> the Winter Soldier Nat look. So I really it's love a to- t- It's a top tier look. It's a quality Natasha Romanoff look. <laughs> yeah, the really straight hair. Like, I was like, damn. I also like, really liked that they kept the kind of weird romantic undertone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's what, I, that's what I was going to say. Is like the 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 chemistry between that Natasha and Captain Carter was like I was like thinking I was like, are they just that? I mean, they they're just going to ignore the fact that this is like they have better chemistry than she and Steve Rogers did in her episode. Yeah, which is uh, which is yeah. kind of true of the mainline MCU as well. Sorry, I said it, yeah. but um, <laughs> well. Ooh. I was I was very pro uh, Natasha Steve back in the day. But... <laughs> what can you, you know, do? Uh, they're both you know, dead now. Um... Oh, <laughs> it's just old Steve like sitting at her graveside, <laughs> kissing it. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> uh, but no, I, I, I yeah, I really like that. I like the idea that. You know, because obviously we got the first Avenger stuff with the first episode that she was in, and now we get to sort of assume and like get an understanding of what happened between those stories. Like, are we to assume that the Avengers happened, but with with her? I mean, hmm. yeah, that was kind of the implication that I got from it. Yeah, yeah. Man, the, we were robbed from seeing Captain Carter kick Loki's ass. That <laughs> well, and, and also like I'm thinking about all the arguments that. Steve and and Tony Stark have in the first Avengers movie. Yeah, I want to see those happen with like Haley Atwell in that position instead. That oh, would be for a sure, a lot of fun. Yeah, would well, be the same kind. It'd be. I don't know. Would it be the same kind of energy though? Because well, it, cause... I think it, it would be the same kind of energy. It would just be a weirder 
energy, honestly. Like those, those, it could play out almost exactly the same. I just think that it would be a very different argument. Yeah. And because also, like, my thought imagine- is Captain Carter isn't Steve. She doesn't have yeah. the same like code as Steve does, even though she's like a good person. Right. But, and also, yeah, a lot of really that animosity came from the fact that Howard talked very well of um, Steve. And not that I don't doubt that Howard's a good person, but also he's a man from the 1940s. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, you might be like, who kept the car's well hot? Like, like would, would Tony Stark try to hit on Captain Carter and how would that play out? Oh, oh for sure, right? <laughs> like Your 100%. Dad couldn't speak German. <laughs> or I guess, I guess, I mean, Pepper exists presumably in Tony Stark's life at this point. So maybe, maybe mm-hmm. that, who knows? But well, who knows I mean, the this type is, of person this... that Tony Stark turns into if he has Steve Rogers in his life? Maybe. Yeah, I don't, it's, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's, it's, yeah. it's one of those things like we were, we talked about last time I was on the show is that the, 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 each episode creates so much like potential that you can speculate endlessly on how events play out in between things that we see, especially with all the little nuggets that we get in this last episode of stuff that happens later on past the timelines of the episodes that we've already seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, obviously with like the Wakanda episode, it seems that the jigs up <laughs> for, for right. Killmonger and he's about to get uh, captured and, you know, he gets seeing Shuri and Pepper together was like one of those things. Was like, oh, right, that's cool. <laughs> well, and it's it's also interesting because that shows it's one of those things that's like foreshadowing, right? Once you, it's a rewatch bonus when you go back and look at it because all of the other scenes of Awatsu recruiting people go right up to the moment where they are recruited. Killmonger shows the aftermath; he's already gone, yeah. which means that he's not coming back. Yeah, they're like, okay, what do we do here? <laughs> like, did he just go? Like, did he just yeah? Or... <laughs> That's like, you know, the ma- the man has held the entire world in his grasp, and now he just vanished. Like that. That's got some potential for stories right there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I gotta say, the the one plot line I'm most intrigued by, like, for them to continue, is the Captain Carter stuff, and I think she's the one we're probably gonna end up seeing the most of. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there might have been a world where we might have gotten more like Star Lord uh, T'Challa, but I don't think that's going to happen no, anymore. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm really. I thought I just in general, I thought like the whole the whole like team coming together was worked really well, and I liked. Uh, I liked. What are we calling him? Dark Dark Stephen Strange. <laughs> Strange Supreme. <laughs> Evans, emo Stephen Strange. Um, <laughs> you see, people come. Uh, people were like Strange Deluxe. <laughs> Strange Deluxe. Yeah. People were saying, "Oh, so that's Mephisto," and they're like, "No, it's not Mephisto. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just a it's, it's never Mephisto. <laughs> it's never going to be Mephisto. Stop Why trying to Mephisto? make it Mephisto. It's never Mephisto." By the way, Stop if trying they, to make Mephisto happen. <laughs> if they ever do cross Mephisto, I have the perfect actor. Who? I'm curious about what's, what's about to come out of Yeah. <laughs> Jason Sudeikis. <laughs> but it's just the devil from SNL. Hmm. Hey there, Peter. <laughs> How do you want to arrange your marriage? 
<laughs> oh my god. It wouldn't make anyone angry, I'm sure. I'm gonna laugh. If, if Mephisto ever does show up in the MCU, I'm probably gonna laugh at this point. <laughs> Just... Like, it's such a... I don't know. It's such a meme at this point. It's like, I, I honestly want them to slip a reference, like a straight up reference to, to Mephisto at some point in one of the movies or TV projects, just so they can like point and be like, eh, we see you, but then just move past it. Just never acknowledge it. Yeah. Just be gone. <laughs> like, like in the, in, in Loki, when uh you see like the church and like the different, like glass and murals and everything like that, have one of those be like straight up Mephisto. But then have nobody comment on it. Nobody looks at it. No one says anything. Just walk past it and go on with the day. That would be cool. That would be great. Um, I feel like they're gonna they're bound to like at some point get in touch with Mephisto, especially because Feige loves Ghost Rider and all those characters. There's so. there's uh-huh. really a part of me that thinks he's never gonna be in the MCU because Marvel Satan as a concept. Well, you say that, and I was thinking that as well, but. Apparently, Eternals is pretty bold with what it's got. Apparently, it's the, according to the Empire magazine, which did a review, it's, it's the first MCU with a sex scene in it. Okay. Hmm. hmm. And it's all about creationism, I mean, right? Like the Eternals. Presumably, the between the two heterosexual characters, I can imagine, because there's a there's a gay character in it. There's a gay kiss in it as well, though. Really? Yeah. Well. Damn. Okay. In the Empire magazine, it specifically says it says it's the first MCU film with a sex scene and a gay kiss. Like, okay, Marvel. <laughs> That's the Holy Trinity. Is that at this point a sex scene whilst two gay people kissing, and and then Mephisto's is like sitting down watching it. Oh, his his name is really unfortunate in the context of a sex scene. I was. Oh, say. Ben. Okay, look, we need to get, get back your to what head if. Out. This... <laughs> We were having a really nice conversation, and you had to. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> I, like I, I've nowhere. I've got no ground to stand on. Um, I was about to be like, you, oh, I've, "You're the ones." <laughs> I've, I've edited ISP After Dark. I'm well aware of what the context of what can be what can be brought to light here. <laughs> Your podcast editor knows too much about you. <laughs> yeah, there's some jokes that never saw the day of light, and they never will. Thank God. Yeah. Until Ben was the blackmailer. <laughs> Your your podcast editor knows way too much about you. Sounds like a great like <laughs> HBO like well like it could be like uh, an HBO like R rated sitcom. That would be really funny. <laughs> like, like, like I'm gonna blackmail you with all this yeah. audio I've got. That'd be good. Um, no, but uh, yeah, I'm interested to see where they're going because I wonder if like at some point do you do you just go? We have to like expand. We can't just be all nice nice for some audiences because it's just not how the world works really is it yeah but there's a difference between like having a gay kiss in a marvel movie and having <laughs> literal devil <laughs> you know mm-hmm. that just seems like the stuff that's screaming to get like people in middle middle america conservatives in middle middle america really angry at you um, well it's, and i don't think they're they're brave enough to do that you know it it really depends on the project i think because it's one of those things where i doubt they do it in a film just because they want the box office for that to be as broad as possible but if it's like i don't know a straight to disney plus project they'd probably be willing to, to roll the dice on something like that yeah you know? that's probably fair yeah if if they're if they're going to like charlie mentioned Ghost Rider, if they go lean harder into like that side of the Marvel universe with like the more mystical, not not mystical stuff, like the more 
like underworld stuff and like the kind of quasi religious angles. I can see Mephisto coming up at some point, but you know, I mean, we know Dare at this point. We know Daredevil's coming back, and that's got heavy religious undertones in it. So yeah, that's fair. Hmm, who knows? This has nothing to do with what if, but I knew this is what was going to happen <laughs> on this episode. What if we what didn't if, get distracted? What if we didn't get that? I don't. I don't want to know what that podcast is like. <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> no, but it's, it's all. It all feeds into it, which is the idea of like, you know, what we can expect from these these shows and this material, and how this show is really good at helping us expand our thought processes and what we can expect from especially this show in particular because it's so open-ended you could do so much like you were just saying about how even one episode you can figure about all the different interpretations what differences there could be i know so a- i think it was sarah on star wars twitter who was talking about the fact that potentially in the in the in the universe where Peggy is Captain America. There's a scene where Peggy makes out with um, Natasha on, a, on the elevator, on the escalator. And I'm like, oh, I'm here, right. to, I'm here to watch that. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. here. I'm fine with Peggy Cat with the Peggy Captain America show. And I know Haley Atwell would be down for it. You know, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I don't know. They, there's a lot of things about Peggy Captain America. That character's been so popular, popular enough to get her own show. Um, mm-hmm. That was kind of unfortunately mishandled in the second season. Um, Still watched that show. It the first it's, season's pretty it's good. Solid. It's solid. Yeah, the second season a little less so, but yeah, uh, pa- uh, Haley Atwell is just so charming that it makes it worth it. You know. Yeah. Um, but there is definitely a part of me that like is ha- is happy for the Peggy fans. You know, because mm-hmm. that's a character that like a lot of people have really felt connected to. Yeah. Um, for a lot of years. I mean, she has that quote that's like, I know my own value. Uh, anyone else's opinion doesn't really matter. And that was something mm-hmm. that like really struck a chord with a lot of people a few years ago. So she... her being Captain America, you know, or Captain Carter in this case, I don't know. It just feels really nice. <laughs> well, and she was the Marvel heroine with the most like dynamic personality for a long time. Yeah. She like, was between. Yeah. <laughs> Between her and Black Widow being like the only two like main female characters in the MCU, probably like what through like almost halfway through phase two, it was it was like the contrast between the two of them is pretty stark. And like Haley Atwell, like Charlie said, she's so charming. Like she could she could make any material, no matter how bad it is, like work and yeah, I, I, I'm glad that we're getting to see more of her. And I hope that Marvel is willing to like, maybe if they're not going to revive the Captain Carter show, give us something else with her, bring her back for some, you know, if you're going to keep spinning off to different MCU projects, do like a Cold War era show about S.H.I.E.L.D. and bring her back and, you know, have her be part of that. Have Isaiah you know, Bradley like in it. Yeah, just, just we do something. This, we pitched this last time, but I'm, I really, really want there to be like a cold war series like you were saying like shield but primarily about hank and janet oh, that's all i want in my life. Like <laughs> i think have, like, like john slurry back or like maybe dominic cooper i think the the main thing getting in the way of that is whether or not to recast hank oh, and you'd janet have to. You'd have because to i mean yeah, like but... it's like i mean you have two great actors playing those roles already but then it's like you have to like 
you've already seen them de-aged in that time period so well, that was the of, 80s though right yeah it's i don't know it's 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 one of those weird things because we know what oh we do have them in the 70s though yeah then that's the and that's also the weird thing is like we know what like those like they would look like at that time so it's like recasting it kind of runs into some issues but i mean if you do on the other hand if you do it as an animated show you can make it work yes. so not a not a big deal there that my desire also... for a janet van dyne show is like <laughs> if we marvel did that like... i'd never complain about anything they ever did ever again um... you can have a like be fashionista and also be like clever she can have a fat she can be a fashion designer one of the great losses Mm -hmm. of the mcu fashion designer janet van dyne (laughs) i I know what you're saying ben about like the live action stuff but i still think dominic cooper and the john snarry stuff works well Mm um so i'd be down if they like you know i could see them casting like two younger versions and then he just happens to turn into 70s cgi (laughs) um he just happens to look a lot like Michael Douglas when you get to the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes he uh, looks like Michael Douglas and sometimes he looks like somebody else. But, you know, it wouldn't be the first time that MCU has done something like that. So it's not. I, yeah, no, for sure. It's just one of those things where I think with so many other projects on their plate right now, maybe maybe it plays out. Maybe it doesn't. Who knows? I'd pitch it if I were a screenwriter, but. You know, yeah, they it's interesting because there seems to be so many like reports from recent like sources who um, have got stuff confirmed in the past who seem to suggest that they're like Marvel pretty much ramping up on like a lot of projects, particularly like spin-off projects like Echo and uh, words cannot describe Agnes. how excited I am. For an Echo TV show, if you were to go back in, like, if you were to go back to uh, even Avengers, and if you say, were to tell oh, me five years ago that any of this stuff was happening, I wouldn't have believed you. Yeah, like if you went back to Avengers and went, oh, yeah. By the way, they're gonna in the future. There's gonna be a show dedicated to Agatha Harkness. I feel like, you... yeah, if you would have told me even two years ago, or even like a month before WandaVision came out that Agatha Harkness was going to be one of the most popular, like, standout characters of the MCU. <laughs> and she was going to get her own TV show. I'd be like, quit fucking with me. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> but I'm so excited. That's what I mean. Like, I feel like that they have the, you know, they've got a lot to sort of mess around with, which, was in- which is interesting. I mean, um, that's the thing with comics, right? Like, that's the thing that's so fun about them, is you can have these, like, miniseries or one-off comic. There's a Karnak comic, you know? <laughs> like, let's not talk about the guy who wrote it, but <laughs> like, it was a thing. Um, there's been, like, tons of spin-off comics like that, where these weird characters that people have an attachment to, you know, have been able to have their own stories told. And as and we've also, thing that's... also discussed on the show in the past, it seems like Captain Kara will make an appearance in live action in a very significant way in a future MCU film. So I'm really excited to see what they do with that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. This, what if, uh, what the thing I love about what if is that it gets me kind of excited about the greater Loki did this as well. Like introducing Kang the Conqueror is a good way to get me interested in like every part of the MCU again, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and I just love these stories. Like, I mean, I've always thought I've always thought Marvel never, um, you know, Elseworld, Elseworlds <laughs> stories for DC have always been really popular and people really liked them. 
but I never felt like Marvel really capitalized that uh, as much as DC did. And this really feels mm-hmm. very Elseworldsy to me, you know. Um, yeah. But like Just, the good Elseworld stories. <laughs> like the one where yeah. Batman got his dick out. And they had to like republish it without it. It's, like, re- <laughs> it's too big. I'm so sorry, guys. That's so weird. Like, never uh, forget. Never, yeah. <laughs> Rest in peace. So can someone draw like an art piece, but it's, it's Bruce Wayne on the floor with like to put a rose down. It's just the outlines of both his parents and then his cock. God. <laughs> we'll make that the artwork for next week's episode. Oh my god. <laughs> well, that's all we've got time for this week. Thank you so much. Yeah, no, we're t- yeah. 25 <laughs> minutes in. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> but yeah, no, I really think it's interesting to see what they're going to do the rest of the stuff um in terms of the actual episode itself because i feel like we're a bit like who are to it we're drawn to so many stories we can't help but think about everything else in terms of the actual story what do you think about this episode as a finale i think it was a it was a solid finale like i I mentioned before it was like a lot of the little pieces and ideas from all of the episodes in the season leading up to this point all kind of came together and both in an obvious way, obvious, like you have all of the different like characters, like the main characters of each episode coming together pretty much. Um, but you also have things that aren't as obvious coming back in different ways. Like obviously um, you don't have any of the characters from the zombie episodes itself. You just have a pile of, yeah, you just have a pile of zombies that kind of show up at one point, but, um, but like, you I- I You'd really expect love... one of the heroes from one of that episodes to show up, but no. I mean, they're they're busy dealing with their own stuff. So, I really liked the moment where Zombie Wanda is released, <laughs> and Strange is like, "Yeah, yeah, we're we're yeah, we're just we kind of need her." And then Wanda sees Vision's face and can't do it and loses. I was like, oh. "Yeah, <laughs> pretty fucked up." Right? And Wanda's the only zombie in the in the zombie episode that seems to like remember think because she sees vision's face in that too after he rips the mind stone out of his head i'm just like stop it marvel <laughs> leave There's them alone zombies, i think you can i think if i maybe if i if i've got it wrong but i'm pretty sure like janet's body falls down i think in yeah there's a few well that's what i actually was reading up on this and there's people who are like, it's kind of, it's a continuity issue because some of the zombies that you see fall out of the portal are like a fully intact zombie Captain America, even though he got chopped in half in the episode itself. So it's like, but then I'm like thinking about it. I'm like, you know, we don't know where on the timeline strange pulled these zombies from. Like there's, there's nothing saying that it happened at the end of that episode. It could have been some point in the middle or even before the episode started. So it's fun. It's, It's, it's really hard for me to be like, there's continuity errors in the Marvel zombies. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) If I had to like deal with age of ultra in the comic book, I think people on the internet can deal with one. I cannot believe that we actually got an episode that was just basically age of ultra. Yeah. Well, well, the comic Age of Ultron, not well, not... right. Yeah. Apart from the whole yeah. Wolverine and Sue Storm time travel <laughs> magical adventure they go on. What if we killed Hank? That'll be all right. Oh no! I'll never forget <laughs> Wolverine and Sue Storm's magical adventures. 
with the grease car. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful stuff. That, that's a show we want to watch. God, um, Marvel is so stupid. I love it so much. It's my it's, favorite yeah. thing. <laughs> I just, yeah. We could spend years talking about how weird and stupid Marvel comics are. Um, but yeah, yeah, I really appreciate what they did with um, with Ultron. How he, like, he's actually handled well as a threat, like a universal, multi-vert universal threat. Um, I really like the way that they dealt with like the, the stones are different, which I think is an interesting way of um, dealing with the, the, the bit of dialogue from Loki where they're like, oh yeah, we've got loads of these. Um, yeah. Sort of I, the idea that they're maybe not as powerful in our universe because of the nature of they come from somewhere else. Um, I really like that as well. I really like the two time stones fighting against each other. That was cool. I liked uh, I liked Strange's uh, protection spell, but unfortunately, if he never does it again in the MCU, people are going to complain about it for the rest of time. Um, well, to right. be fair, that one was like around for centuries, so I can I can appreciate if our Strange yeah. hasn't read that book yet. I know I'm not. Yeah, I mean it's like I mean it's like whenever they introduce like the world between worlds in Star Wars, it's like people will always for the rest of time be like, "But well, what about the world between worlds?" Yeah, yeah. And that, that's a really good point as well that you brought up because. I think that's just the nature of storytelling. Like, I saw a lot of people complaining about um, just the nature of, like, remember when, like, Thanos got killed by Vision? The Ultron Vision? It took, like, five seconds. And people were like, "Um, well, actually, I think you'll find that he's very powerful. I was like, shut the fuck up. It's a story. Like, unless you want... It was a cool moment. Yeah, if you... Stories can't be, like, ten months. Like, it it can't last ten months, you know? There's a reason why stories happen really quickly and some decisions happen really quickly. It's because it and is yes, a fucking oh, a cartoon. If Vision had the power to do that, which he does, clearly, Vision's not the kind of guy to slice a man in half. It's right. not going to be Vision's first instinct. In no, or yeah. even like stuff like the Stone Crusher. People are like, well, why didn't the Avengers use that? Well, it's because Cause they didn't have it. <laughs> Because I didn't have it, but also that can, that's an in-universal reason. But the, just the external, out, real-world reasons that once you deal with a story and you bring back recurring characters, you can't do the same thing again. It's the same way that, like, in, in comic books. Once you defeated, like, after Infinity, the Infinity Gauntlet, every time Thanos comes back, of course you're going to be like, well, technically he should be able to destroy them all. Well, yeah, no shit. Like, Galactus should eat the planet every fucking time, but he doesn't. Because <laughs> it's a story. Like, they can't do that. <laughs> That's the way stories work. But ultimately, they're going to seem weaker in comparison to the in their later appearances to their original parents because of the nature of how stories work. It's just mm-hmm. logic. Um, but people forget that because they're idiots. Um, I was trying to think of a really nice way to to word that, but I can't. Now it's the end of the day. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, please. There's so many, you see it so many times. It's like, come on, storytelling is so easy to work out. Just go with what, it. What, one of the things I thought was actually quite nice that these episodes did was kind of give closure to Natasha in a way that I don't think Endgame did. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I thought, for sure. like, her arcs in these episodes were really good. Um, Can I, yeah. Can I just say something quickly about that? Yeah. You're right, but also there's something very, 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 and this again, I know I'm saying about storytelling wise, and this isn't, I'm not saying this is a criticism and like being a hypocrite because 
I think what they did was absolutely right and correct, and everything makes sense um, emotionally, storytelling wise. But if we were like to jump out and make a joke for a second, God forbid, um, I think it's very funny that the reason why Clint sacrificed himself in that episode of Ultron is because he could never see his family again. And then Natasha ends up on the world where <laughs> the bonds must exist. <laughs> right. But their Hawkeye is dead. Because it was the Hawkeye on Black Widow that died, right? Yeah, I mm. think so. Because it's, the, it's, yeah. it's the, the episode that Natasha gets dropped on. It's the world from the spy episode with Hank Pym. Right. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> so if he just stayed a little bit longer, he could have potentially had like, his, fam- his family back. <laughs> oh, Clint. Oh, no. Yeah, well. That's very Clint Barton, though. Let's be yeah. real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. And Tasha's like, okay, I can deal with this. Yeah. Oh, Clint yeah. Barton. Of Clint Barton. I cannot wait to watch Clint Barton be a disaster of a human being <laughs> for six episodes in November. That's <laughs> all I've wanted in life. Um, yeah, but I really, I really liked Natasha's arc in these episodes. I thought, I thought it was really cool. And I'm not saying that like, oh, you know, I'm not one of those people that's like, Natasha shouldn't have died in Endgame. I understand why she did that. And I understand, like, why Marvel made the choice to have it be her and not Clint, right? Um, Would I have preferred if it was Hawkeye? Yeah, for sure. But I think, like, it doesn't make me, I guess it doesn't make me mad. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's it's water under the bridge at this point, you know? Well, yeah, she's dead. Doesn't matter, right? Right. And I don't think ScarJo is coming back at any point time soon. I I don't know about that. I think she might. Because the Disney stuff's all done and... Dusted. I mean, give it give it a few years and another nice paycheck, and we'll see what happens. You know, it's like it's yeah. like the the whole business with Natalie Portman after Thor: The Dark World saw, soured her so badly, and now look, she's gonna she's coming back in all sorts of projects. So exactly. just give it time. Psycho Waititi was like, "You want to be Thor?" <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, but I really anyway, I really like Natasha's arc in these episodes, and I thought like mm-hmm. having her get that kind of quote unquote happy ending was quite nice like natasha in general throughout the show every version that we see of her is very well done like even the ones that are slightly different from each other are very like you can tell that they're all from separate universes but they all feel still like natasha and yet they still feel like they're all they're all very well handled is what i'm trying to say better than a lot of the early mcu black widow was for sure it does definitely feel like a nice you know there's the, a nice continuity there between her character. Mm-hmm. That definitely feels more like later Sorry. MCU than like Iron Man two. Natasha, Sorry, I keep getting <laughs> off. No, no, it's 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 the joys of re- recording remotely. Um, no, I I I think it's also different. It's nice to see different points of her life and different growth levels. Mm-hmm. She's very much different in Age of Ultron than where she is in say Endgame or in Iron Man two. Um, and I think it's interesting to see that reflected in her character. There's and just, I think, I think the main some... thing. Oh, sorry, sorry go ahead. I think the main thing is just there's a difference on how like the creative teams have treated her <laughs> since Iron Man two. You know, there's mm-hmm. that whole scene where she's like changing in a car with Happy Hogan, and the fact that that exists in the same 
timeline as Black Widow does. It's like the movie Black Widow, where they're like, where <laughs> Yelena is is talking about hysterectomies, you know, like in that way. Like the fact that those those two things exist in the same timeline of a character is very jarring to me sometimes. Mm-hmm. And just the, the 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 way we have grown in terms of female superheroes since 2010 is kind of yeah. I don't know. It makes me laugh sometimes. But. It's true. Like, um, there's a reason why they didn't include every bit of material of Natasha in the opening sequence for Black Widow, because you can't mm-hmm. have like them being lined up, trained, going to surgery, and here in the light on, in the light. and it cuts to <laughs> should be a very expensive uh, <laughs> sexual harassment lawsuit. Here we are now. <laughs> and to, to, you know, like you can't include every single detail. Yeah. Um, but it, again, that's the nature of both society the way the films are made and also just yeah where we are now um i think they did a really good job actually also because one of my fate one of my favorite complaints from people which i find i found really like frustrating (laughs) to read every week was the complaint of this is really dark this this seems pretty dark like i don't think they know what they're doing i'm like maybe just chillax a little bit and what do you know by the end of the season everyone's basically got a happy ending. Which Pretty is much, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, the zombies basically got wiped out. I like to imagine that Strange maybe, like, helped that world. Um, Strange gets a redemption arc. Killmonger is, you know, gets justice. I wouldn't say Strange's ending is a happy one, but he definitely no, gets what but... he deserves. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I, I didn't say happy, I said redem- redemption. Like, he, yeah. he's very much, I feel like, accepted his role in things and he's grown from that um and i actually i like his willingness to like be like no i'm willing to protect the multiverse and keep these two at bay Mm -hmm. i thought that was pretty cool i liked how natasha doesn't get to spend her time alone and neither does the world where loki's invaded get continued to be invaded by loki's getting defeated by natasha um captain car obviously has her to deal with like we just trust her no matter what. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other world I'm thinking of that I've missed? Uh, um, Star Lord Charlo is just amazing. So, you know, he's good. Yeah. He's, good at I mean, he, with... he's, he's got things handled regardless of what else happens in his universe, you know? And he's so. got a sidekick of Peter Quill, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. And Peter Quill's going to end up being so much of a better person being like mentored by T'Challa than he wound up being in the, in the MCU Prime. So. Exactly. I mean, who wouldn't if like T'Challa is your main yeah. influence in your life? That's the whole point of T'Challa's episode, right? Is that <laughs> T'Ch- He's just... T'Challa just being there makes things better? Yeah, know? absolutely. He also oh, knew Killmonger was, which I thought was interesting, because that to me is surmised that maybe he, maybe fixed yeah. his cousin. Yeah, he knew. He knew that it, it was. Yeah, he knew exactly who he was, and he knew that he was. Not a good person necessarily, so yeah, yeah. And then yeah, the ending we get, which was really cool, which is the um, the little final battle off against um, Ultron's corpse versus the Killmonger of the Ultron and Infinity Stones, which I thought was really fun because after all these years, we finally got the the belly robot body for um, Zola. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I was like, that made me very happy. Finally. I was like, this is so stupid. But I'm like, yeah. <laughs> like, I, it just made me be like, okay, now do Modoc. I need to see how this happens. Yep. 
like how that was your first thought. My first thought was, now I want this in live action. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the full robot no, body. I want Modoc in live action <laughs> and Arnim Zola belly TV in, in live action. Just only, I want Modoc in live action only because I want to know. <laughs> I just want to see what it would look like, you know? It would be horrifying. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why I want to see it. <laughs> what do you, so what happened to the, the silo in Civil War again? I can't remember. Does it get exploded? Um, the one that the, oh, the one that they fought in at the end, right? Yeah. Where, like, I don't remember. I no, don't think I it's think shown. It's, I think, are you talking about the one that, like, Cap and Iron Man fight in? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's fine by the end. Okay. So that and, means that Zerto still exists out there. Mm-hmm. Possibly. <laughs> Just saying. Like a backup version? Because that's where he is in Surely. the, that's where he is in the, the episode with Hawkeye and Natasha and what if. That's the place where they find him. There's like a, a 512 meg flash drive with Arnim Zola on it somewhere in the basement of that. <laughs> it's just got a piece, you know, it was like those flash drives with uh, UIs in them. <laughs> in Age of Ultron <laughs> and one just says Joe Costa on it. <laughs> it's that kind of a situation. It just so says just Arnim Zola. drive lying around with a piece of tape and a sharpie that says Zola. <laughs> He's on LimeWire. <laughs> <laughs> You think it's like downloading a, a all American rejects album, but it's it's the Nazi scientist. <laughs> ah, you are so predictable. <laughs> Gives you a hell. Not quite. I knew you could not resist the all American rejects. <laughs> Growl, David. <laughs> Just lists like your iTunes library. John Elton. <laughs> now I'm just imagining Zola. <laughs> it's just a person holding Zola on a 2004 monitor, and they've got a PC like <laughs> on a cart <laughs> next to them. I want Red Skull to return and be like a major villain for the Avengers, but he's like he's got like an iPhone, and his his Siri is Zola. Zola, what is the weather today? Mein Flora. Tis very cold. <laughs> Take a left at the next intersection. <laughs> Your destination will be on the right. <laughs> Coming up, Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love that. <laughs> you know what was it was just, that was honestly what was really fun about <laughs> that was really fun was about well, what if we get like Ultron again, Zola again, like th- yeah. really just f- the collector, and he's ripped for no discernible reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's you're, you're right. It's like that's one of the things that's best about the show so far is just seeing all of these familiar like faces and voices pop up again in like new ways and getting to have like really weird, strange, fun adventures with them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Shout out for the redemption arc for Catalina. (laughs) Uh, She deserved better in Guardians and she finally got it. So I'm proud of her. Yeah. 
But yeah, really cool. I like the way they wrapped up the episode. Everyone gets this all happy ending. Uatu goes back to being a creepy little um, cuckold. <laughs> the creepy little gremlin <laughs> standing over all the multiverses. <laughs> what are you doing? I liked I liked that at the end of the day, the main character in this show was Owatu. Yeah, me too. Right? Yeah. Like I liked at the end of the day where he was like, Your stories mean everything to me. I was like, ah, yeah. okay. All yeah, right. that, that hit like hard. I was like, it's this like is what, Oh, this is you're what, us. This is you're what, the yeah. watcher. <laughs> this is what all yeah. these stories that's what it's all about. Yeah. It, it, it's just having fun watching superheroes. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Also, for me, it's very special because when I watched the finale for What If, I just watched, I can't remember if it was, the. I don't know if I watched the What If finale first or if I watched the film first, but I watched No Time to Die, uh, in which mm. Jeffrey Wright is in that as well. And he posted this really cool picture of him on Instagram. It was him, Ben Wyshaw, Anna de Armas, Lashana Lynch, and Leia Seydoux. And I can't remember what he put on there, but I, I basically put it on my DM, or I put it on my Instagram story and put Jeffrey Wright is the coolest cat in the multiverse. And he replied to me on, on my DMs <laughs> and put hee hee. <laughs> Which, one, I just love the fact that Jeffrey Wright says hee hee. <laughs> <laughs> And then two, I just was like, well, I've got the opportunity. He's there. He replied to my DMs. He obviously can read it. So I just put, I'm trying to say thank you. I thought you were amazing both. What if, um, as the watcher and in No Time to Die. And he put, thank you, appreciate it. So I was like, you know what? I'm glad he's watching me too. <laughs> so I can actually say I've been watched by the watcher. Yeah, there you go. You know, how great is that? Now, I know we're we're all in like a cuddle pile about this episode, but I want to bring up one thing that I didn't particularly like. Not to, not about this episode specifically, but, but about the season. And this yeah, is just yeah, a person sure. this is just a personal bugbear. And it wasn't it was one of the episodes that y'all talked about in your last episode talking about the show that I wasn't on. Um and that is Frat Boy Thor. <laughs> I'm not a fan of Frat Boy, Frat Boy Thor either. <gasps> Because, like, I I understand what they were going for. I fully understand it. Like, I know that the episode was, like, the the fight between him and Carol and, like, him hitting each other, like, across the entire world. And, like, you can see the big names on the countries as they're flying past them. I understand the tone of what they were going for. It makes, like, that's not an issue for me. It's just that, like, I have an allergy to 80s coming-of-age, like, oh, no. frat boy movies. They make me break out in hives. So, yeah. So, like, I mean, like, that character's presence in this episode, like, was my biggest problem with it my first watch through. I watched it through again, and it's like, okay, I understand why he's there. Because when you hit the end of the episode, it's like, oh, Owatu planned everything. It makes sense why Thor is there. He's there, number one, to be the tank of the adventuring party because somebody's got to take a lot of damage. Um, but he's also there to get Ultron's attention. He's there to be himself. He's not there to be the MCU, the main MCU Thor, because then the plan wouldn't have worked. But it's still like he still annoys me. 
So it's <laughs> like No, like, for sure. He was definitely my biggest problem with this episode as well because I hate characters like that that are just annoying annoyingly breaking the tension of everything. Well, and um, and like cuz like I rem- in in the episode um leading up to this one where it was Clint and Natasha in like the post Ultron apocalypse and Clint calls Nat out and is like does everything have to be a joke? Can we stop making jokes? I'm all joked out right now. And that was like a little bit of self-awareness at like, okay, sometimes don't joke about stuff that's really serious and th- serious things that are happening. And then we fast forward to this episode and we have Thor shouting Viva Las Vegas as he throws lightning at Ultron. It's like, all right. That's very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Because that that's a sort of similar criticism I saw with Doctor Who. Um, I don't know if you've watched the recent series of Doctor Who or if you watched Doctor Who at all. Uh, but there's an episode with Jodie Whittaker where one of the companions, Graham, had cancer. And he sort of like has this like really awkward like conversation. And like the, do- the doctor's kind of like, yeah, I don't know how to deal with that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm awkward. <laughs> and people got really <laughs> angry about it. And were like, well, the doctor should be always be kind and caring and should help him out. And like, mm. I don't know if I agree with that. <laughs> like, I... I have Especially to use that. that particular version of the Doctor who's not. No, because that's how I deal with like awkward situations as well a lot. Like I'm very anxious and I tend to deal with things with humor. Um, I have a very uh, nervous laugh, which you know gets me in trouble and sometimes. But I think I, like breaking the tension with humor is different than like Thor yelling "Viva Las Vegas" at an Ultron, you know. Yeah, I, I think know. it's I'm not I'm not opposed to humor in cutting situations. Like it's one of those things where um I think it was it was Irving Kirshner, the director of Empire Strikes Back, who said that he wanted humor to be in the movie, but to not have jokes. Like there's a difference between humor and having like gags, right? So th- I think it's it's one of those things where it's a it's a, a tonal thing. Or like, and obviously also, like I said, this is just a problem with me because humor is subjective. Different people find things funny, just like people find different things as being very serious or being like more dramatic than other things. It's all depending on where your personal like feelings and experiences are. And it's just one of those like different, it'll hit people in different ways depending on who they are and where they are in their life. And like I said, on my second rewatch through, it didn't bug me nearly as much because I understood his role in the episode and as a part of the team was to be that distraction, was to be the loudmouth, you know, to be there to draw people's to up until the point where Ultron realized that Doctor Strange was the one propping everybody up. Thor was the one he focused most of his attacks on because Thor was the loudest and Thor was the one who was like being the most gung ho. So that's what that was Thor's role in that episode was to be the tank. And it's like, that makes sense. That's why, you know, he was picked for that role. That's kind of why that version of Thor makes sense in this context. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And you're completely right in terms of like different opinions and stuff, which is absolutely fine. I definitely understand your, both your views on it. I think for me personally, I, I found him really endearing, this version of Thor, because it's very earnest. I think the difference 
in his universe compared to R1 was that if you go back and watch 4-1, which is like kind of what they're going for, but obviously with his upbringing of Loki, he's a piece of shit. <laughs> like, like he's, <laughs> yeah, he's very no, cruel, for sure. <laughs> very, like he, he's still party going, but he's not he, he he doesn't do it for like fun, I don't think. Like he's just selfish, a bit pompous. No, Loki was a hundred percent correct in his assumption that Thor was not ready to be king of Asgard. Absolutely, uh, and I don't think that mm-hmm. obviously our version is uh, that version is also ready to be king. But I think he certainly like it comes from a more earnest and sort of happy-go-lucky, like ridiculous nature, in the sense that I feel like the pompous Thor that we had originally in Thor One probably did his homework and stuff, but begrudgingly. Whereas this mm-hmm. one just straight up doesn't. So when he says stuff like Viva Las Vegas, to me, I found it funny because my interpretation was that he genuinely thinks that's some sort of battle cry from Midgard. <laughs> like he thinks that's an actual like thing you would say. Like it, it's yeah. got like, some sort of meaning to it. So when he did, did that with the lightning bolt, it made me laugh because I was like, also because you're, you're viewing it from Ultron's perspective because he dealt with like from his universe surprise like I, I guess like a normal version of four mm-hmm. he's seeing this version he's like what the fuck am i dealing with right he's and he's even like i've never heard that battle cry before that's weird you yeah. know from somebody who's crossed into infinite number of multiverses already he's like bef- completely befuddled because he's a, he's a being of logic and party four is like the opposite of logic like he's just right uh, defying, like he's messing with him in that way, which is what, again, like you said, it's a great way of. He's both the, um, you know, the strong member of the group, but also he's there to sort of mess with Ultron's brain. Mm-hmm. And I think what was also cool, and I think one of the main reasons why I loved him in this episode, and I can't believe I didn't think of this when we were talking about this earlier, that really dope moment with the multiple hammers. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, damn, I'd love to see that in live action. Like, it's just one of those. That like... was so... yeah. The the all the strange magic stuff, you know, that he was doing in this episode it was like, I need to see this in live action. <laughs> yeah, and like the, you can tell that the animators for this show and like the storyboarder people really love to go to go just go to town every time Doctor Strange uses any magic. Like, you, it showed up in his episode and it shows up again in this one, where it's just like they just come up with the wildest and crazy stuff that would look like brilliant on the comic page as well. Like that's like, mm-hmm. it just jumps right off of the, off the screen like that. Exactly. Yeah. Spot on. Um, well, why don't we try and wrap up what we have? Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go Ash and then Ben. Can you give us your overall thoughts on wife season one? I I liked it a lot. I thought like <laughs> there's there's something about this in particular that made me just kind of just turn back into a six year old reading comics for the first time. <laughs> you know, being like, oh look, it's Peggy Carter throwing Captain America's shield, and you know, <laughs> there's something about the not that like MCU movies don't give me that sense of of glee. Um, anymore or anything like that but uh yeah there was just something about this that just made me really like stupidly happy i really like i liked pretty much every episode there was something in it even the ones like the party thor episode which i didn't like i wasn't like sold on the premise there was stuff in there where i was like oh frost giant loki 
love that. <laughs> you know, there was, I felt like there was something for me in every single episode of the show. So I really liked it. Mm. Well, I'm, I'm pretty much in the same boat. I really enjoyed the show. Um, cause I think, um, I, I actually was browsing, you know, Mar recent Marvel news articles. And there was a book that came out recently about like the early stages of the MCU and like the behind the scenes production. Um, I only read like snippets of it, but apparently one of the things that they talked about was a discussion that apparently it was a, um, like, I know, I, I think we all know, like back when the, there was the Marvel creative, I don't remember the, like the creative team that head butted with Feige and like the directors and everything else that happened back then. Um, that's the one that, that Ike Perlmutter was heading up mm -hmm. and apparently according to this book. There was originally the ending of Captain America Civil War was going to be that that they wanted, the creative committee wanted, was that, well, that there was no Civil War, that Iron Man and Captain America did not fight, and they just kind of shook hands and went on. <laughs> and I am I am dead serious. That's what they said. And the obviously we be the, happy the creative committee is not well, anymore. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing is like the the Russos were both like absolutely not, and they took it not only past them but all the way up to Alan Horn at Disney, and he's like, "All right, we're going to take this up to Bob Iger." And Bob, that's when they split it, and Bob was and Bob was like, "All right, Kevin Feige, you report directly to Alan now. Just cut all of those other losers out." Um, and but the Russos like and one then of them. The MCU got like way better. <laughs> Right, exactly. But then, because one of the things that I think it was Joe Russo who said, these movies have to be daring. They can't be what people expect them to be because if they're always what people expect them to be, like I think he 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 said it was like, um, you serve somebody chocolate ice cream seven days in a row, they're going to throw it in your face on the seventh day. Like people get sick of having the same thing over and over and over. You have to be willing to be daring and take chances creatively. And that's what what if does is it's daring. It takes chances creatively. It gives us way out there concepts. It gives us versions of characters that we've never seen before. And we probably will never see again, but they're darn fun while we've got them. You know, did we did in what other context and show would we have Thanos as a ravager, you know, things like that. It's like all of these different ideas and like things that were probably up on a post-it note at some point And somebody took it down and was like, let's use this. That's what this show has done so brilliantly. And the fact that it's married to such great, like great animation and solid writing is just like, you know, tip of the cap to whoever greenlit this project originally, because it was definitely a worthy addition to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I hope that pa even past season two, they're willing to continue making further seasons of the show, even if there's no like interconnected continuity, you know, at all. From now on, it's just like each episode is a completely separate universe, you know, just to give somebody a chance to tell a specific story in the MCU that otherwise would get no chance at all to be told. Keep doing that. I want to see, I want to see crazy wild stuff come out of this. You know, we were talking about like Mephisto and Ghost Rider earlier. Give us a what if episode where they're like, like Ghost Rider is the only superhero on the entire planet and he has to fight off like Loki or something like that. Give us, give us stories like that. Do, do wild, continue to do wild and crazy stuff with it. You know? 
Yeah, absolutely. I, and I think you both sort of summarised my thoughts too. Like, I love the series. Um, I think what you were saying, Ash, about it hitting you very like close to the comic heart, and not not again, not to discredit the MCU movies, but I think the reason why you say that is because just by the nature of it being animated, like it's closer in terms of like a visual look to the comics, um, which hits home a lot, and I really love that. And Ben, yeah, you're spot on in terms of. It's the mixture of being able to deal with characters and stuff that, you know, maybe they were killed off. Maybe they were um, only in the uh, one film for like a certain amount of time. You can explore them in different ways. And I think it's also a fun way to expand and explore the multiverse so that as an audience, we get to have fun, but also have a deep appreciation of the idea of how expansive and open-ended the multiverse is and gives us a sort of an emotional connection. So where. I suppose in the multiverse of madness or anything like that, we have an actual thing to sort of look at. We're not just outliers who don't know what this means. We're we're mm-hmm. very well aware of what's going on and have a sort of a sense of what's at risk in the grand scheme of things. Um, before we wrap up, uh, season two has been announced. Obviously, we knew season two was happening, but they announced that it will be delving into phase four stuff. So I want one thing from each of us, um, same uh, same way we did the last section. So Ash, Ben, and me. One thing we would like to see from Phase Four in Season Two, Ash go. What if Wanda and Vision got to be happy to get no? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly though, I'd love. Well, that's ever uh, gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one common thing throughout the multiverse <laughs> they, they can never be happy no but uh, uh all joking aside i'd love to see some scarlet witch stuff i'm not sure in what context uh mm-hmm. or maybe like what if pietro died instead of wanda how does that change things? or wanda died instead of pietro like how does that change things i don't know mm-hmm. um well, i like the idea yeah, of, i'd love like pietro just... wearing a, a red outfit and one in pietro vision <laughs> Pietro. <laughs> no, but I'd love I'd love a Scarlet. I'm not in quite, entirely sure what the context behind it would be or what the what if would be, but I'd love more Scarlet Witch stuff. And in the most predictable mm-hmm. answer possible. <laughs> For me, yeah. So mm. that's is tough because we're still we're still so early in phase four. It, I mean, it's it, early being relative because it was supposed to start last year and it never really did but like i'd love to see i'm trying to think of like back to other projects that i'd love to see expanded i don't know i'd love to see some elements from falcon and the winter soldier show up somehow like whether that's the flag smashers coming back and like like messing with them a a little bit or if you bring back john walker and like have him take part in it somehow like i feel like there's a lot of elements to that show that kind of played out in a, I don't want to say rote way, but they kind of played out along lines that you probably could have predicted when the show started. And I'd love to see them kind of scramble those things a little bit. Like maybe the flag smashers end up do, they do team up with like with Sam Wilson and they end up like, I don't know, being they don't all die at the end of the show, you know? Yeah. Yeah, what if they oh, didn't kill, really cool. um, what's his name? Uh, oh, I've forgotten the character's name. Not Patriot. Um, 
Oh, Drums, yeah. Drums Battlestar. Battlestar. Right? Yeah. Battlestar, yeah. yeah. What if Battlestar didn't die? That right. Uh, yeah, I think for me, there's like so many concepts, like you're saying, that could be explored. Um, interesting. Yeah, I'm interested to see what... Like, what if Yelena was in Endgame? That could be interesting. Hmm. What if... Oh, God, then we'd get a <laughs> scene. It's It'd be, it'd be Widow and Yelena, not... Or it'd be it'd be her like Spartan kicking Clint off of that cliff with no <laughs> hesitation whatsoever. What he, he wanted to go. <laughs> I personally, my most anticipated Marvel moment of this year. I cannot wait to watch Elena kick Clint's ass <laughs> next month. <laughs> it's going to be Elena kicking Clint's ass, whilst uh, Kate kicks Elena's ass. No, well, Kate's just standing there recording with her phone. Yeah, <laughs> I like the idea of them she's... all fighting each other, and in the background, she's... it's just Daredevil looking depressed. <laughs> He's like, "I miss my friends." I'm like, who? Daredevil looks at Echo, and Echo's just like gives a shrug. <laughs> like, God, let's go home. Let's go to Hell's Kitchen. You just see Jessica Jones in the background, being like, "Get your fucking Avengers shit out of here!" Like, Jessica, she's, Jones, she's... Jessica Jones is like halfway up a building taking photos. <laughs> Yeah, she's got like a bottle of whiskey in her hand. She's like, "All right." Well, I had other things to do today, but this is much more. Entertaining. Yeah, <laughs> the on the rooftop with a sniper, <laughs> trying to shoot Spider Man. <laughs> God. Um. Yeah, I don't know why. What, what would I pick? Phase two, uh, phase four. Sorry, season two. Um. What if, what if the Avengers actually looked after Vision's body? <laughs> what if, what if Tony Stark didn't die in Endgame? That could be interesting. That could be interesting. Yeah. What if? I'm trying to think. Yeah, more Phase Four stuff because technically the Endgame's obviously Phase Three. So Phase Four, Loki. Yeah, it's like WandaVision, WandaVision. Falcon, or Soldier, Loki, Black Widow, Shang-Chi, and then stuff that hasn't come out yet. What if... Wanda turned herself in? <laughs> what if WandaVision never happened yet? What does that do? Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. What if What if Ag- Agatha Harkness won? Ooh, that'd be a good one. That's a good one. One of the people of Westview stopped acting like little bitches and just went with the program. <laughs> so sick of everyone being like, oh, Wanda's a villain. What about their What about their freedom? Who gives a shit? I don't give a fuck about those neighbours. I've, I've got no emotional connection to them. <laughs> Who gives a shit about that entire town that Wanda help us? I want Saturn to land in Westview and then being like, thank God. And he's like, no, you're no, you're going to be puppets for this woman. <laughs> like, sorry, you know, he's like. I actually, I, I read something interesting about the finale of that show. You know how at the ends they're all like kind of circling Wanda and like saying stuff to her and everything. Apparently, that was a late script rewrite because originally the scene was all of them attacking Wanda, but they couldn't do it because of COVID. Like they couldn't have everybody on well, set at the same COVID. time to do that. 
Sorry. Like they, they, they couldn't, they couldn't like film the scene with all of them there in one shot. So they had to like separate them out. And so they, they like rewrote the script to be like, okay, it's all of them just like verbally. And like, that is so much more like effective. I think so. Like, yeah, right. so much better. My my brain immediately thought you meant that Wanda gave them COVID. I was like, oh, wow, that's a dark <laughs> ending. Wow. Wow. I know. I mean, I know chaos magic is powerful, but COVID is Wanda's fault, apparently. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. That is actually a take I would see on Twitter. That's the <laughs> thing that makes me laugh. <laughs> no more mutants. <laughs> no more COVID. Well, well it's like end, end, Endgame is, you know, somebody's fault and COVID is Wanda's fault, so... Everything's somebody's fault. Just, if if Marvel Twitter is to be believed, everything is Wanda's fault. Did yeah. you see that Nia DaCosta comment about Captain America? Yeah. I did not. I saw, I saw all the hot takes about it too. Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Ben. Uh, she said that um in her opinion, uh Infinity War's loss was Captain America's fault. Mm. <laughs> Okay, this is probably a good time to end the episode before I go scream at somebody. Uh, <laughs> I thought she had a good point. I mean, it's. I think the thing is that like everybody was circling around to blame um, Star Lord for it, which I mean, fair, but it's so funny how people will blame everybody except Thanos. Yeah, <laughs> know, right? that's that's all, that's <laughs> very true. Like, it's like oh. You're gonna not going to blame the genocidal maniac whose plan was entire. No, you're not. No. You're gonna find. Okay, no. no all right, you, fine. You, say, you guys say that you're joking around, but obviously, if you're in a situation like that, the person you should blame is the emotionally stunted, trauma- traumatized, uh, kidnapped child <laughs> who never got to age properly or learn. He's who has the mental age of a nine-year-old <laughs> who beat up a kid. Because he waited to save an animal. Obviously, it's his fault. Oh, man. You know? Anyway, that's all we've got time for this week. Thank you so much for coming on, Ben. Um, hey. Where can people find you and your content? Uh, well, if you if I'm doing anything, you'll probably hear it about it on Twitter first. So if you can give me a follow at, at Ben Warman on Twitter, I'll probably be... I don't tweet there often, but whenever something major comes up, I usually mention it there. So... Perfect. And Ash? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Ash Jeffies, where you can check out my other podcasts that are always linked there. I'm on a podcast called Rogue Podron, which is a Star Wars book club podcast. And then I have a show called OS Team that's all about video game music. Perfect. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at CMWASHBY and on Instagram at CharlieMWASHBY. I host the Imperial Snip Podcast, a quirky Star Wars podcast, which you can find on all podcasting platforms as well as on Twitter at ImpSnitPod. You can support me on Patreon and Ko-fi with links to those found on the link on my Twitter bio. Well, that's all we've got time for this week and this particular alternate reality. But we'll be back next time in a little while, a few weeks from now, to discuss Hawkeye. But until then, let's all make ours marvel. See ya!